Welcome to a special edition of Playmakers, where today we are talking Hard Knocks with Shannon Furman, who is a senior producer for NFL Films and also a director on the show. So Shannon, thank you so much for joining me today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on a great first episode. It was so exciting to watch. This year, though, kind of crazy. And you've been working on this show pretty much since its inception. But this year, two teams, one pandemic, zero preseason games. What has the planning for this show been like this season? Uh, It literally changes every single day. Um, So we've been working on just like scheduling and everything for this since, I mean, since March, since like our office closed for a few weeks and we didn't know what was going to happen. We started planning for it and it literally changes almost every single day. It it feels like we're in a good groove right now, but Mm -hmm. um, practices again are going to be changing. They're going to be going, it's phase two started today and then they'll be heading to another field on Friday. So it's literally getting used to something different every single day. So everyone's been great so far. Um, We just need to kind of stay on our toes and taking it one day at a time. Yeah. Adaptability, right? Yeah, totally. 100%. It's definitely different than any hard knocks we've ever done. Yeah. And part of that this year too, like we said, no preseason games, which are usually such a huge part of this show's storylines. How does that maybe affect how you're approaching this show this season? It was definitely a blessing in disguise that we have two teams this year. Um, I think at first we were like, how are we going to do this? Is 40 minutes of the show going to be games? Because it was always going to be two teams. It wasn't, we didn't like do two teams because of the pandemic or anything. Um, we knew it was going to be these two teams, like basically, cause it was all around the stadium being built and stuff like that. So at first it was kind of like, how will we cut these games? Will we intercut games? And then when we found out, like as time went on and we realized there might not be games, we were like, okay, this is probably a good thing that we have two teams. I think that what we'll have to do is similar to like what the coaches are going to have to do with like creating different situations to have climaxes in the show since we don't mm-hmm. have those games. So every time, like when they put on pads, will be, it's always kind of a big deal. It's going to be a really big deal this yeah, year. Yeah, this year. <laughs> um, there's things that we've been looking at, like even like Chris Harris and Keenan Allen, two guys who were rivals for years, like building up things like that to moments where they actually get to go against each other in practice as more of a moment, a bigger mm-hmm. deal than would have in previous years so I just think like going from each step like from transitioning through the walkthroughs to phase two then to pads like all of those moments are going to be bigger when the team finally gets to go to SoFi um that that will be a really big deal so we're just gonna have to look for different moments to make those big moments in the show what does the breakdown of crews look like this year and what kind of accommodations did you guys have to make to adjust to the NFL's COVID protocols yeah, we so we basically have been saying we're operating at about 150%, so mm-hmm. 75% at each camp. In a normal year, we'd have around 40 people on site if we were doing one team. So this year, we have about 26 people um, at each camp. Uh, so the Rams have their own separate crew from what the Chargers have. And um, it's been going pretty well, I, I think. Like, we, we have 13 people that are in tier two so they're doing the NFL has these different tiers Mm -hmm. where you can be like within six feet of the players um so we had to petition the NFLPA to get 13 members of our crew in tier two that was kind of what we decided we absolutely had to have to make the show work so um the directors are PAs this year we have to carry lenses and batteries and do all of those things I feel bad for our PAs because they're great and they don't 
to do as much, but um, we're still finding ways to uh, have them help out. They actually, if you're at Charter, if you ever come to the Chargers building, you'll see that they're sitting outside the gate <laughs> and we have them set up with monitors. They can take notes and things like that for us. But so we do have 13 people within tier two. So the NFLPA, we were fortunate. A lot of those guys um, that were on that committee had been part of this show before. So they kind of knew how we worked and they allowed us to have those 13 members to make this show possible at both camps, which was kind of huge for, uh, not kind of, it was, yeah. it was huge for making the show happen this year. So that's the biggest thing probably that we needed to make happen. It happened and now we can, we can do our knocks. Which is great. So yeah. the biggest thing that came out of episode one for me for the Chargers was finding out that head coach Anthony Lynn had tested positive for COVID. How are you guys this year sort of balancing that fine line of showing the football stuff and all the great things that we know Hard Knocks to be with also still paying attention to this pandemic that's happening in the country? I think that was important in episode one to really show people how like kind of what we're saying is like we're showing America how to go back to work and what the NFL is doing and how serious they're taking it and it is working well at this point yeah. so um I know when the show was over like we have 60 minutes of content time with HBO obviously and it's very rare that when they send me the show on Sunday night it's over and I think I got it at like 63 minutes and um the things that were taken out were a lot of the things that were more like fun away from the field stuff. And they said, they're going to save that for next week because they just really want, wanted to concentrate on what everyone's going through right now. So really the only things you saw away from the field were the two coaches. Um, Other than that, it it was a lot of the testing. It was a lot of COVID in the first episode. So um, I think the other episodes, it'll obviously still touch on it, but you'll probably, I think the plan is to get back to football more Mm -hmm. in the next four episodes. This show's in its 15th season. What makes it so compelling year in and year out for both football fans and fans who just enjoy the entertainment of it? I mean, I think it takes you into a place where you can't go. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, I mean, we're not in locker rooms this year. We could be. We have, we have iPhones and things like that that we're planning on maybe giving the guys to go into the areas we're not allowed in this year. But it just... And it's for everyone too. Like people like my mom can watch it. Um, it a hardcore football fan can watch it or someone who's never watched football before in their life can watch it. And it's, it's for everybody. So I think it just takes you kind of into an area where you don't get to go very often and, or at all, except for this time of year. And then there's always new personalities. So even though it's the same basic concept for the show, every team is so different. I mean, even the Rams, we did the Rams in 2016. And I think there's only nine people total from staff and roster that are still there and it's just like four or five years later so what is the key to building trust to share those stories from the players the coaches the staff members and really showcase those highs and lows that happen during this time of year that's one of the hard things this year is because we can't talk to the players as much as we would in a normal year um I mean, like last year, just an example is uh Darren Waller's story from the Raiders um he's a recovering addict and for me, it was really important. I wanted to tell his story, but I didn't want to just like get there and be like, oh, hey, like, let's just do. So I, you know, the first day of camp, I like introduced myself and like, I tried to build a relationship with him so that he did trust us and didn't think it was just all about that. And for me, that's probably one of the most rewarding stories I've been able to tell as a part of Hard Knocks. So this year we can't talk to the guys quite as much, but um, 
Chargers PR was really good about getting us in touch with some of the guys via Zoom ahead of time. So we could just explain who we are and what we do. Um, so that that was definitely really help really helpful this year. But um, I think like we normally get to like we schedule the wires and stuff for practice. And this year we're not doing that part of it here um, because of the rules, obviously. But you know, is so it's a little different. But we're making we're making do, and we have a we have a couple things scheduled for this weekend with the guys. But. Uh, it'll be nice to hopefully get back to normal yeah. again at some point. At some point. Yes. So getting to you a little bit, you were a broadcast journalism major at Penn State. I had heard on a podcast, you graduated college, you sent your reel out, but no one bit, but you ended up getting an interview with NFL Films and pretty much the rest is history from there. But what do you really love about working behind the camera? Yeah, it's kind of crazy because when I was in college, I thought I was going to be like, I thought I'd be like the local anchor on the yeah like the sports from the news. Um, so sent my resume a bunch of places, small town type places. And I had a job in marketing right out of college. Um, after like six months, I really missed the production aspect of everything. And I did, I started my own business doing like high school highlight tapes and things like that and put myself in some credit card debt. And it was like four months later, <laughs> it was pretty quick actually. Cause I like never used that equipment again. Um, That's good. I, yeah. Like it was my brother's ice hockey team where one of the fathers, I made a highlight and one of the fathers knew a producer at NFL films and passed my resume along. And like, it happened really quick. It was kind of crazy. I, it, it was surreal to be honest with you. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been at films now. This is my 17th season that we're heading into here, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but incredible. Yeah. I mean, I like, honestly, now it's funny because I get nervous doing stuff like this, like being in front of the camera because <laughs> I've been behind the camera for so long after thinking for so many years that that was what I wanted to do. So I always say I'm doing my job at films. If you don't see me, <laughs> even there though you go. might see me in two shots last night in the show. <laughs> It's like an offensive lineman. Like the best job is when you don't hear their name or number being called during a yes, game. Exactly. <laughs> so you work on shows, you've worked on games, you've worked multiple Super Bowls. What's a career highlight for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I do. I love all of the hard knocks. Like I said, the talent telling Darren's story was yeah. awesome. Um, probably I did Brandon Marshall's football life, which um, had a lot to do with mental health. And I thought that that, that was really kind of great. It started off as like, it was just going to be a feature. And when we started talking to him, we realized there was so much more there. Mm -hmm. um, and it got, and it was an interesting thing because at the time we had never really done a current player for that series. It was all on past players, or we did do like Ray Lewis, like during his final season or what was supposed to be his final season. Um, so it was a different format and it turned out to be a very rewarding project uh, for me. I think that was back in 2012. Um, another highlight was probably, I mean, I don't put a ton of stock in the Emmys because it's just, you never know what's going to happen, but winning the Emmy for Texans Hard Knocks, which was the first one I was a part of in the field, uh, was pretty cool. Like yeah. we hadn't won in a, in a couple of years. It had been a long time since we had won. And it was a new group of people that kind of came together to direct the show that year. But like, you can never, like I said, you can't expect to win anything, but we kind of did that night. We did expect to win and we would not have been happy if we had it. So winning that was pretty cool with that group of people. Why is it so important for you 
like you talk about Darren Waller, you talk about Brandon Marshall, guys showcasing their stories off the field, things that they go through. Why is something like that really important to you and being able to relate that to other people as well? I mean, I think that's why I love my job. I think that's Mm -hmm. my favorite part about my job. Um, A lot, like I, when coming out of college, I kind of debated like, is this what I want to do? Will it ever be the same again? A lot of the people I get to tell their stories, like they're like my friends, they're people that I've known well. Like if I go on to do this, like, will it be the same? Like, I don't want to, I don't, I didn't want to be a journalist necessarily. I wanted to tell stories. Um, so NFL films is honestly like the perfect place for me. It's a place where I, I get to do that. And where a lot of these guys have become my friends. Like I get to know them and, I get to tell their stories. I get to see them like grow and stuff through their careers. So that's my favorite part of what I do. It's kind of, even in this role as director, there's like a lot of logistical stuff that comes with that. But, and when I was the assistant director on the show, I could concentrate solely on like, that was my main responsibility mm-hmm. was just getting me off the field shoots, building the relationships and stuff. So um, I have an assistant director with me who he's taken on a lot of the logistical stuff that I don't want to do so I can still do that role that I used to do as the AD. So um, yeah, that's, that's what I love doing about my job. And I mean, even I was going to say this before coach Lynn, I think a lot of this has come from, I've known him since 2010. It's hard knocks. So um, I built a relationship with him in 2010. And I kind of think a lot of this is happening now because of that relationship we've had for 10 years, which is such great. You know, it's a great Testament to you and what you were able to do and for him too to go on and have the success that he's had now as a head coach for sure. Yeah, it's awesome to see. We're all rooting for him. Everybody, if people on this crew was a fan of his from day one, everybody kind of was like, this guy's really great. Like yeah. and I think last night just reading Twitter and stuff, not that I read Twitter much after the show, but <laughs> the I comments a little bit. <laughs> but it was really cool to see like how everyone um kind of like what everyone thought of him afterwards because we were really excited about making showing him how we see him. So it was kind of cool to see that. Absolutely. We talk a lot about challenges that women face in this industry, but let's flip it and maybe talk about some advantages that you've realized as a woman in this field. I mean, I like that you asked me that because I feel like a lot of times I get the question of like the opposite question. And for me, like it hasn't, it hasn't been like, I haven't had a negative experience really that way. Like, um, I don't ever look at it as like, oh, I'm a female in this. Like, I, I always look at everybody as my peer and stuff. I don't really see that when I look around, but I do think the stuff we've been talking about, the, the building relationships and things like that, I think that's what I'm good at. And I think a lot of times women might be a little bit better at that sometimes. There's an empathy people. level that yes. sometimes just comes with it. Yes. I think, I think you can, there's a level of trust you can build yeah. maybe a little faster, especially in this window of time, like we have five to six weeks to convince like, um, in Tampa Bay with Mike Evans. I mean, he has a very, um, I don't even know the word. His backstory is crazy. Like for Mike to have come from where he came from and be the man he is now is nuts, but it took me five weeks to get him to tell me that story. He trusted us and we had, and he did the show in real time and all of that. But I really wanted to tell his story and what he's overcome. And I wish we could have done it in show three so that everyone could have kept rooting for him, but he finally let me for show five, which was great. So people could root for him for the rest of the season who didn't know. But 
um, I do think we have an advantage at women at, at getting people to trust us maybe a little bit quicker and um, being able to tell their story. So yeah, and, and I love the group of like women we have on the show, just even how much we can, like there are less of us. So yeah. sometimes we can be better mentors and stuff and f- more focused on that. So I'm fortunate to have, there's seven of us total, I think here, seven out of 26 people are females on my crew right now, which is awesome. How many were there when you first started on the show? That is a good question. There was probably like maybe out of like 40 of us, like probably four. Um, There's another female who is the AD over with the Rams right now. And she's been doing this for the past eight years. So her and I have always been together since I started doing this show. Um, We have a female camera operator who has been at films. I believe this is her sixth season now. So I think at my first Hard Knocks, I don't think she was at Houston. I think she was at LA was her first one, the Rams in 2016. And then um, we've always had, we have a female project manager also who's been around for a long time, but it was probably four or five people on a crew of 40. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see. Seven, yeah. 26. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I was going to ask like, what is it like to see those opportunities arise for women in more, you know, in technically relatively a short amount of time? Yeah, no, it's awesome. I mean, I'm a proponent of like, I really want the best person for the job. So for Mm -hmm. me, seeing these seven women come in and all be really, really good at their jobs, that's what makes me happy. And everyone has a really different role. So we're all, um, I have two feet, there's me and then my, one of my ADs is a female. We have a project manager, we have a media manager, we have um, our equipment manager is a female. So it's like, everyone has a different role. We're all like all over the place. So um, it's pretty cool to just be able to see the wide variety of things women can do. What advice would you give to someone wanting to get into your field? I just think networking is so important. Um, any, like if you, even once you're in the door, you just want to meet as many people as you can possibly meet because you don't know when that's going to help you at some point in time. So, um, I'm a Penn state grad and I go back and I speak to the students there often. And I t- like Penn state, we're all crazy. Like we're our alumni association <laughs> is crazy. So I tell them if you need a Penn stater, just connect with them. But more than that, just, and anybody like you want to keep these contacts that you're meeting. Cause you never know when it can come up again. And especially in this field, the more people, you know, the better it'll be for you. And it's such a small world. It really is, especially yeah. the NFL. Yes, absolutely. And then lastly, Shannon, we know it's a week-to-week league. This show, same vibe pretty much over these next four weeks. How much have you thought about what we're going to see for the next show? And can you maybe tip us off as to anything we might see? Yeah, I mean, it's the way this show goes. So when we shoot show one, I mean, we've been here since July 19th. Yeah. So it's like a lot of days of shooting go into show one. So a lot of times heading into show two, some stuff is already in the can, like it's already been done. So we're hoping that next week there's more football stories. There's some veteran introductions that weren't in the show this week. I think we only introduced like five characters this past week because we really wanted to go through the protocols thoroughly and stuff. So um, I think you'll meet some more veteran characters next week and the football will keep getting better each week. Because it's happening. Um, yes, because that's exactly what's going on. You know, pe- the people I saw being like, oh, there was no football on the show. Well, there's well, so much football that has happened yet. <laughs> but stay tuned because pads are coming on in about a week and exactly. things are getting kicked off from there. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. We really appreciate it and good luck the rest of the season. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs>